Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to the official Superhero Slate review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. As opposed to those bootleg, unofficial reviews. That's right, to hell with them. (laughs) Remember how he'd burn CD kids, you know? Oh yeah, are, uh, selling our our bootleg reviews. Uh, out there they, the they're they're getting them on LimeWire. They're still they're, they're, <laughs> they're downloading the show on LimeWire. Don't do that. Oh our show is free. We keep it free for you, commercial free even. Uh, so um, <laughs> I'm don't. St- I'm st- I'm still reeling over the link that Chris just sent me before we started uh, <laughs> does talking. It, does he, it feel like technology getting... that would be in Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, he's getting these glasses in the mail tomorrow that have like little screens behind them. I'll I'll describe them as somebody who's just seeing them for the first time. So just imagine a normal pair of like sunglasses, kind of like Ray-Ban adjacent in size. But as you kind of like look through the slightly transparent sunglass, there is uh, like another screen. There's like another almost tinier pair of glasses behind them that Chris tells me is a is a screen that you can plug into. So yeah. I don't I don't know what the ultimate plan here is, but I would like our next film review to be done inside of those glasses. Okay. You know, you just yeah. go ahead, which will be hilarious because you'll have to get like a cam, you know, of like Spider Verse or mm-hmm. Flash or whatever, and then you'll have to pump it into these glasses. And maybe the cam version will be less obtrusive because these are like weird transparent <laughs> yeah. screens anyway. What a what a weird future we live in now. Yeah. Where you can watch cams of. The next uh, big movie through your sunglasses. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it while I'm mowing the lawn too. That way, I can like double down because you're not really looking while you're mowing the lawn. You're just kind of see. That's how you extract the true critical yeah. lens of film. Is yep. you have to be distracted while mowing the lawn. That's right. That's how you really get to the heart. If, of it. If my crisp lawn lines are are messed up because I'm watching the movie, that's a good movie, Mike. Uh, that's how that's now how I'm we're gonna to, rate it going on. Now I'm like I'm trying to think: Are there like any iconic Guardians characters that have like sunglasses? Like weirdly enough, I like Peter Quill seems like the character that would have sunglasses. Yeah. Um, but they, he mean, doesn't because because he he does the the air I guess the the headphones <laughs> said yeah. earbuds in this one. He he's upgraded right to his, from his zoom. Oh, I did, but I didn't even know that. Obviously, as we're starting to talk about the movie right now, we're going to keep it spoiler free until yes. we sound the alarm and dive into yeah. dive into everything. Uh, but it, it did make me go um, uh, searching on sideshow collectibles this weekend, just because mm-hmm. you know I'm back in kind of like the Marvel vibe and feel again. That's right. And they and they sell a, a, a sideshow collectible. I think it's like on sale or something. So I don't know if it's just been around for a while trying to clear stock, but it's the Stan Lee from Thor Ragnarok, so he has like the like the scissor kind oh, of yeah, yeah. coming out of his arm, and I was like, oh, that'd be like a really cool sideshow collectible because it's like it's it's doing dual things, like it's got like the nerdy like kind of thing from a movie, but also you just get a figure of like Stan Lee, right. which is you know probably they, harder to come by. <laughs> so uh, speaking uh, unrelated to this, because we don't get Stan Lee cameos anymore, folks, it's very mm-hmm. very sad. Um, but uh, there is a Hulkbuster, a huge uh, hot show, uh, not hot toys, um sideshow they might be hot toys i don't know a listener jason is going to tell me about this because he has it it's a hulkbuster 
and it can either fit an Iron Man, their Iron Man model inside of it, or a Stan Lee can go inside of it as well. It's built to actually uh, support Stan Lee in the Hulkbuster. <laughs> That's cool. I, and that Hulkbuster is crazy because when I was uh, scrolling through uh, the catalog, it, it has like DLC if you could attribute that to like a like a figure. Like you can buy like an additional arm yeah. to go onto the Hulkbuster. And it's it the one like that grabs the Hulk's hands and locks I, into and like it. The, yeah. And like the arm was like just in itself was like 240 bucks. So like, Oh my God, the whole no. Hulkbuster thing must be crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. It lights up too, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. We're in guardian. We're in guardians. We're in guardians. Yes. We're not, we're not Hulkbuster. I was just saying, it's nice to be kind of like back in the, in the Marvel, yeah. in the Marvel it, vibe. Right. Because I think this, this movie was exciting because, you know, we're kind of, it's like kind of a culmination of everything that James Gunn has been working on within Marvel. Cause he's, he's officially ported over to DC now. Right. Yep. He's in charge of everything. He's, he's half of the Feige over there. So he's not going to be dipping back into Marvel for a long time now. Yeah. You can't say never, but he's contractually obligated to a whole right. other studio for a whole other new set of responsibilities. So it did feel like we were kind of closing a chapter here. And also like the, the thread of Guardians like weaves through the, all of the like, kind of like the best moments in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like I had to go on YouTube because I didn't have time to go back and really rewatch any of these uh, Guardians movies and I watched uh, a video that just kind of uh, surmised all of the um, all of the Guardian stuff which included like the Infinity War stuff and a little yep. bit of Thor Love and Thunder as well yep. so it was nice just watching it all just kind of like edited together and I was just like oh yeah the Guardians they, they've been there like the whole time it feels like yeah and and you know this is um, technically I think this is we, we never re- reviewed the first movie right that w- the show started the January after Guardians came out, uh, ironically. Mm-hmm. But of a lot of Marvel trilogies, you know, Guardians Guardians is one of the, the three that had the same director, right? We had Spider-Man, Ant-Man, and this, right? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that correct? So it's, it's a rare... It's I wouldn't say it, it's becoming more common, but it's a rarity these days to, to have movies, a, a trilogy of movies, um, in, in charge by one person the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And what's great about Guardians is he also wrote the movies, right? Um, he, he co-wrote the first one, but I think he solely wrote two and three um, with, with himself. So that's I think yeah. that's really cool to to have this director, uh, his his voice and vision at the same time come to the forefront yeah. of this, mo- this movie yeah. trilogy. And, like, I guess you could argue that maybe Mario kind of kicked off the summer movie season, if you could say that. It's hard to say something in April kicking off the summer movie season, right? But this kind of really feels like things are, are kicking up and going. We were mm-hmm. just talking about um, what the next film is yeah. that we're going to be reviewing. And then all of a sudden we're like, wait, there's one after that. There's one after that. There's one Literally after that. like so, the next like 10 weeks are full of movies. <laughs> yeah, so I think the, the month of June we have like double podcasts every weekend. So that'll yeah. be pretty fun. So yeah, everything's just kind of like kicking off, you know, mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending on whatever medical organization you follow or keep track of, it seems like the pandemic at least is wrapping up in some aspect. You know, knock on wood. I, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx yeah. it for the well, whole planet. But it does feel like we're kind of it, coming back to like a a, it, a place of safety. You know. Yeah. It, it, you know the safety, but I will still say you know they the estimates for Guardians three were lower than Guardians two. But at the same time, the the world, the movie-going experience is different. It takes a lot more to get people into the theaters now than it did 
um, in like what twenty was it twenty seventeen twenty eighteen when the other one came out, right? So like you got to think like people aren't just going and running to the movies. I would not say you know we're in a um, we're not in like a financial crisis in the United States, but we are in a recession and people are not you know they're spending more money on experiences rather than you know things like movies or or, or local stuff. So we're in an interesting spot where a lot of uh, you know again people in the the box office were like, well, it takes a lot more to get people in, but that's because the entertainment industry is different now. So I can't compare when one and two came out to three, but you know, we can just jump right in the box office. It did um, actually beat estimates and come in at $282 million, Mike, um, uh, opening weekend, which is the 50th highest opening movie ever in the history of movies. So um, that sounds pretty good. I think, right. To be in the top 50 of, of, of opening movies ever. Like, I feel like the, the a lot of people are like, oh, they're superhero fatigue. You know, people didn't love Ant-Man, Quantumania. I'm like, yeah, but Guardians isn't Ant-Man. Guardians is a, a, I would say, a tried and true team, a tried and true movie franchise in and of itself inside another franchise, Marvel. And a lot of people, you know, resonate with, you know, whether it's Star-Lord or or Drax, or Mantis, Gamora, Nebula, Rocket, Groot, whoever. Everyone's got a favorite character on the team, right? No matter what. So I think this movie has really teed itself up to to to, to bring in uh, some money. But I will say, as Mike just mentioned, the legs part is going to be the interesting part, right? Because there are a lot of movies coming very quickly uh, at the end well, of this month. Um, I, do, I do know back home, my brother is taking my mom to see Guardians on yeah. Mother's Day. So you got that kind of cross-audience uh, synergy yeah. out there with a, a little holiday coming up. That That's your warning right there here in the States. I think we're two weeks away from Mother's Day. I thought it was I next think. week. Oh, God. Okay. No, it's coming up faster. Uh, <laughs> Back yep. down the hatch, everybody. Get ready. Yeah. Uh, May 14th. It is one week from today, sir. So be prepared uh, for that. I'm glad I am gl- I'm glad. I brought it up. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we, But, but yeah. also, I, I think uh, one thing that, you know, I feel like Guardians was never really going to be breaking records necessarily because I don't think there was a big, unique kind of selling proposition for this film besides the fact that this was kind of wrapping things up, right? Mm-hmm. I thought the trailers were really, really intense, really emotional, you know, and obviously we were going to go see this movie, but, you know, they weren't really, like, introducing, like, you know, a Jonathan Majors Kang in this mm-hmm. film. There wasn't, like, a, a tease for, like, a Galactus that was, you know, overarching yeah. inside of the trailers or anything like that. This was just kind of like an emotional wrap-up, right? And I would say maybe even the emotion of it could have turned people off on opening weekend, right? Of, like, hey, yeah, I'm not really to go and get in there and ready to cry right mm. away, right? Maybe I'll wait for the dust to settle. I I, I, dis- I disagree from the people I saw <laughs> uh, who saw this movie with me the second time. Like, there were the loudest sobbing and bawling I've ever heard in a movie theater. Mike happened during <laughs> Guardians Three. So yeah, well, I I think we should um, probably go ahead. Yeah. And, and jump into our review for the movie so we can yeah. get into the spoiler cast and yes. talk about the parts of the movie that made us cry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think so. And um, um, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll let you. I'll let you pick here. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll jump in. I okay. would say this is a very effective and fun movie at the same time for wrapping up what we have here for the guardians it was very emotionally charged and i would say it felt extremely cathartic at the very end of the movie right you know i I wouldn't necessarily say that i was on the edge of my seat the entire time but kind of once we got into that 
kind of last part of the movie where things really started going and everything started to coalesce and get together. I start, I was getting into it and getting into it. And then uh, it's hard to talk about a Guardians movie without talking about the music or the soundtrack. But once these iconic songs started pairing with these super emotional like moments, like, wow, it was like really hitting me. And I, I felt like when I left the theater, I felt very, I felt very emotionally charged mm-hmm. in a good way. So I would say if I had to review this movie just from like an emotional aspect, you know, a film I sat down to and it affected me. Uh, I feel like sometimes when you're going to a theater, that's all you're really looking for. You're right to just feel changed for a moment. And I would say this movie definitely does that. There's a couple like character moments where I feel like some characters get a little bit of a short shrift. And sometimes I feel like we're not ultimately living up to the expectation of kind of wrapping up the guardians are kind of like following the thread for all of our characters you know it seems to this movie seems to focus definitely more on characters like rocket or peter uh and then when they try their best to maybe wrap up some of the other members of the guardians it kind of feels a little um a little short shrifted there at the end but overall i still had a, a great time with this movie uh, a lot of fun components i mean i think we'll talk a lot about the um uh the villain of this film which was phenomenal what an amazing performance um and i'm looking forward to see uh kind of what are the um the ramifications for this film going forward because yes we're kind of wrapping up this versions of the guardians but we're also continuing maybe some of these other threads later on down the line i'm excited to see where those go so i would say overall uh two thumbs up I, I'm, I'm glad this went over well, right? You know, I feel like it's been rough this current phase of the MCU. So it was kind of nice to kind of get back into this comfort zone of being with the Guardians again. And I'll, I'll throw it over to you, Chris. Mm-hmm. So I have been sitting on this movie for about a week and a half now. Um, luxury of seeing it early, right? We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it is... Very, very difficult to say which Guardians movie is my favorite because they are all peak science fiction, story-driven movies. And I would say, you know, this is, like you mentioned, you know, a a movie is supposed to make you feel something, right? Like, you know, when I sit here and we talk about, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp didn't really make me feel anything, right? Um, kind of just meh. Uh, Black Panther, another movie recently that made us feel, right, from Marvel, right? Tell, tells a good story. Uh, a lot of people forget about that one coming out recently. Um, you go check that. But Guardians really has taken this journey of characters we've known for the past eight, eight years, right? Nine years. Nine years now, since 2014. And, you know, gives us, a, like, like everyone has said, an emotionally charged story that is will make you feel feelings... Uh, in ways you, you didn't think you would feel uh, for 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 regular characters and CGI characters, people characters that don't even exist, Mike. They're just pixels, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a fantastic uh, way that you know James Gunn has written this story and and told these characters throughout. And what's you know uh, a, a couple things I would say you know we'll, we'll talk about you know if we're gonna break this movie down, I, to me it's what we talk about is nit- we're gonna have to nitpick this movie because I wouldn't say it's perfect. But by God, this is like one of the best movies I've seen in a very long time. Overall, even like you just if you remove that it's Marvel, remove our hype levels, I still think it's a solid story from start to finish. And we'll we'll talk about it in the spoilers because I don't want to 
you know break anything but I, what i really like about this movie uh, in a couple ways is there is no long overcomplicated intro to this movie mike it really you know just catches us up real quick and then kicks off and mm-hmm. it doesn't stop for the entire time like i like there are some like emotional moments but there's some slowdown moments right it just goes and goes and goes and all the characters are firing in all cylinders and it's really fun i would also say um visually one of the the most visual probably effects heavy films in a while but it doesn't feel that bad like it doesn't feel like it, it feels good to watch this movie it's a very beautiful film mm-hmm. overall and you, you know with you know talking about you know ant-man getting pushed back to finish black panther and i don't know you know the the, the vfx artist fiasco we had at the end of last year i don't feel that here i feel like there was love and care and attention um and everything was checked out the whole way so very visual the action scenes there there's one we're going to talk about mike that is just like perfection um you know it's probably one of the best long takes in a long time as well um we'll we'll talk about that um yeah i I mean i'm just i'm just feel i'm just coming off this scene at twice feeling really really good and you know if there is never if James Gunn doesn't come back to Marvel and if they never make a Guardians 4 or continue the Guardians with, like, you know, the Ravagers or the Annihilators, whatever they want to call them, and they just ended with this, I would be very happy knowing that this is a full trilogy and how it ends is fun. They don't need to continue it, but, like, this would be just a great little package, right, uh, for the whole way through. And I would say, um, for those who, who may want to know, please watch the holiday special before you jump into this there is a bit in there that we've covered before that they don't because of the time jump between guardians 2 and this uh being like almost what 10 years um they don't really talk about uh they didn't cover it anywhere but the holiday special right um setting up some relationships between characters that they 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 play off of so um overall yeah really really great um uh, fun movie and I think it's time to talk about spoilers because I'm really hard to find the words that without talking about specifics of this movie that mm-hmm. that are really good so are you, are you ready to, to jump into spoilers Mike are you ready to yeah, get yeah let's, this? let's jump in all right we got we got, we got time codes here for those who don't want to do it so um I, I I don't know where to start on this movie um <laughs> in terms of spoilers I, mean, I, I want to start with Go. my my favorite character that's always been in the Guardians movies which is Rocket mm-hmm. so I would say this was a great uh film for me because I've always found him the most uh interesting character right he's had this mysterious backstory for the longest time and the trailers definitely hinted at that we were gonna learn more about it but I I never realized how much of this movie was going to be specifically about Rocket yeah which is a slightly a double-edged sword in a way of just like I love seeing Bradley Cooper's rocket on screen just running around being scrappy you know being funny and quippy yeah. and he's basically on death's door the whole movie yeah. and when we get to see him before the, you know they ultimately save him he's having the most traumatic flashbacks yeah uh, I've I've seen in a long time and I'm not saying they weren't great and they weren't super entertaining but I was just like oh man please save rocket yeah I need to see so- him again being being his yeah. uh scrappy self i need to see him get revenge i need to see him emotionally go through this uh trial and come out better on the other side and i was just like i, I and i think maybe this is a great place to bring up at the very beginning yep. uh, boy did those trailers code that we i mean did you think somebody was gonna so die so i was watching this movie? <laughs> my, my, my biggest disappointment is that nobody was nobody died the the, the i would say the status quo was different but every member of the guardians and the new ones made it out the other side pretty yeah. pretty unscathed I, if you will even yeah, at that point I, 
I am kind of curious how much of that was intentional yeah. or it just happened to be like this was going to be a very emotionally charged movie. So no matter kind of how you cut the trailer, kind yeah. of looks like somebody's going to die. Yeah. Like even uh, James Gunn has been sharing this on social media all weekend is the Peter Quill body double. Yeah, uh, yeah. That is the thing that Nebula carries. And, and it's like right at the beginning too. So it's not even yeah. like it, he. it's later. It's like, yeah, he's, he's passed out drunk. And... Yeah. And through the trailers, we kind of thought like, oh, no. Like, and they're yeah. all walking in that kind of somber line. We're like, oh, no, Peter, something's wrong. Is he dead? What's yeah. happening? He's like, no, he was just so hungover it, and drunk. He well, had to be carried. And it, it was, like, so funny because, like, like, that body, it's like it's like a physical prop that's, yeah. like, apparently weighs, like, 30 pounds and uh, pretty hilarious. Yeah, well, and then contrast that to the end where he's out in space again and he's, like, they start to, like – bloat him up in space oh and i was like Chris. i was like they're gonna kill him like they're gonna that they're, was a, they're gonna kill him that I'm was like, such a that was such a bizarre moment because yeah. i was like oh they they fucking deformed his face yeah they must really want us to know that he's dead because yeah. they're not gonna do that to, like how do you come back from that yeah and then oh i guess you know he's just kind of like frozen or it's whatever. space it's whatever <laughs> yeah he, he's also part celestial all that fun stuff but like yeah like like nobody nobody you know, for those curious, nobody dies in this uh, from the Guardians team. However, there are, a, I would say, animal deaths in this, which, you know, there are actual warnings now in theaters for this movie for, like, don't take your children. Like, because there are some very emotionally charged, like, animal cruelty scenes even. Like, you know, that's what they're flagging them as. Like, it's not real animals. Yeah. They are CGI animals. This is not a thing saying, oh, my God, what they did is wrong. It's very sad. It's very tragic. You know, um, Rocket's friend's you know, don't, don't make it out. And like, that's like some of the biggest gut punches in the film, right? Like pretty, oh pretty early on. It, it was just, it's just so intense, but also you ultimately it ends up being like super cathartic, right? Yeah. You know, once they finally save the day and then they start celebrating with that Florence and machine music at mm -hmm. the end, it's just like, wow, you do kind of feel like you went on this whole journey here and we've made it out to the other side everybody gets a happy ending um yep. thank thankfully um the high evolutionary you know they yeah. they're kind of doing the classic thing of just like he's he's defeated but you can't really ultimately say he's dead for the yeah. most part and what an amazing performance so um yeah from chubwakawuji <laughs> um yeah he, he you know he did a great job in peacemaker as well I will say, though, in all of James Gunn's movies, the villain is the least fleshed out. Like, his motives, I don't understand why, right? Like, that, I wish there had been more of his his story, right? Like, he has visited thousands of planets, and for some reason he chose Earth as the most perfect society. Like, really? Like, this is what you're going to build as another counter-Earth? Like, I wish I would have seen him on Earth, right? Like, like taking it in and being amazed yeah. by it. Like, it, it, he, again... I'm glad this movie jumps in very quickly. Like it, it plays the acoustic version of a creep by Radiohead mm -hmm. through its entirety. Um, and then Adam Warlock just shows up and boom rockets out. And like now they're on this journey, right. For the, the MacGuffin to bring, to save him and bring him back to life. Great. Love that. But like the high evolutionary, like didn't, I don't think got the introduction we really deserved for that. Oh, Cause he yeah, is so, he, he is he, so good. He just didn't have that time do it yeah he really does kind of feel like he's in that same category as the collector yeah. in a way of like we're going to introduce you to this really quirky weird type of character 
that is very uh, flashy, but we're not yeah. really going to explain how he got there. But after kind of knowing the collector and kind of kind of understanding that there's these uh, there's this collection of kind of like dudes out there that have like the in front of their name mm-hmm. and like the thing that they like to do. Yeah. Right. The what? <laughs> I, I kind of just it's I like just getting a nickname. You're like, oh, yeah, you're, I, you're the chip and salsa guy. Yeah. Yeah. OK. I get yeah. It. I, I feel like they probably have like a council somewhere where they like where they meet every couple of years yeah. to have like a little symposium or something and there's like the 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 cooker i don't yeah. know the the blaster i don't know just yeah. like random names of these weird people yeah but he but he kind of slotted in that position uh pretty well of just yeah. like a, a, a quirky individual that Hi- has like this 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 hyper drive you know yeah, he's like hyper fixated on doing one thing um and yeah. and because i think you know there's there's a very the interesting scene later the one where he rocket solves his problem right of how how he he's essentially doing the the turtles ooze but very quickly right through and, they, and they literally did it they literally did it on a turtle yeah uh, first and i was yeah. like oh they just made a mutant ninja turtle right yeah yeah so uh they did that in the other animals and, and rocket solved it but he was like how did you solve it how do i not like i i would want to know like what is his again the the high evolution his what is his real insecurities like yes they come out there but like and we can pick it up pretty quickly but like why is he so insecure why is he doing this was was really kind of just like said out loud rather than showed and that's fine I, it's like i'm nitpicking i'm really like yeah. digging into I, the cracks of the magnifying glass here but i like i would have loved to just had a little bit more with him because he was so yeah. good in the role like, yeah. I do like how, though, they are kind of putting the magnifying glass again on Earth yeah. because, like, ultimately, this is all culminating to something, right? And Earth is turning out to be, like, uniquely special in a way which I think is important. Us as an audience needs to kind of empathize in some way with the with the plight of everything that's going on. And I like how Earth seems to be like this unique marble in this whole galaxy where there's all this life and teeming with it. You know, why is this one Earth special? And mm-hmm. it seems to be we have this unique creative ability that, you know, gets us into a lot of trouble within our culture, right? But it does seem to make us unique and things seem to blossom there that can affect the entire galaxy or universe which i think is kind of fun so yeah. this could be laying a little bit of the seeds for like when something like a galactus comes around right mm-hmm. you know uh why or, would or, they particularly be persnickety or, with this one planet compared to you know anything else well but it's got a celestial sticking out of the ocean mike that's why um <laughs> but also you know maybe an incursion later when when two earths have to fight and one wins right having mm-hmm. having our stack with with defenders would 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 come out in our favor, but you know, oh, you know, back, back to back here. I, th- I think you know the high evolutionary, um, great, you know, again performance. Uh, but I just wish I had just a hair, hair more. Um, I will say, I think you know, talking, you know, when you talk about Guardians, you always talk about the soundtrack. I don't care for the songs as much in this one as the other ones, and, and I know that might be a hot take, and it's fine. It all comes down to music preference, right? Like what you liked and what you listened to. Um, I, I, there are times when the music was actually kind of obnoxious in my face a little bit. The idea of what diegetic and non-diegetic music, music that's part of the movie versus music that's a soundtrack. A lot of this is great because some of the times like he's listening to music, right? When they're in those big, uh, the, the, what the Pac-Man suits they look like when they're going uh-huh. to the Orgo Corp, you see him push a button and the music turns off, right? Like, oh, he's listening to music or he puts the earbud in. So the background, like the Beastie Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn was playing in star lord's ear while while he was talking and stuff so i think there's moments like that but like some of it is like right in your fucking face and i'm like 
let's turn it down just a hair. Let's just turn the volume <laughs> down. Let's let's not put music every you know scene change just because we can. I think that would be again. I've always said, James, reel in the soundtrack choices. Great music, but like it doesn't need to be everywhere throughout the whole thing. Uh, sometimes and like I, that that mix between are is it in the movie or is it over the movie was always you know something I was keeping my eye on more than I probably I, I should. Do, I do have to say maybe uh, I don't know necessarily if I agree or disagree, but we could definitely say the last movie that we watched, uh, the Mario movie, had probably yeah. some of the worst use of yeah. needle drops in a movie I've seen in a really long time. And um, I finally found that video that I was talking to Chris about a few weeks ago yeah. where uh, the Take On Me uh, song is removed with the actual part of the soundtrack that was supposed to be Driving there, Me just, Bananas is the name of the, yeah. the song, by the way. And it just fits uh, so perfectly. So uh, it, it was just nice to hear somebody do yeah. it with a little bit more thought and intelligence. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, what, and it there, plays with, a song, with it, yeah. Yeah, there's a song that I really like on the soundtrack from uh, the Mowgli's. Uh, which is a song I've had in um, um, some of my playlists for years and years now. San Francisco, and, is that right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So I can like I can pick it up very easily with just a couple of notes, and it only plays for a couple seconds in the movie when Gamora's learning how to fly that new ship when they're trying to escape Counter Earth. Yeah. Uh, so like, it, there's only like two shots that it plays in, and then it's gone. So that, I was a little disappointed because I wanted to hear more of that song. That well, song's awesome. But then yeah. the fact that it was in it so little, I was like, you probably didn't need a, a song in in, in this yeah. particular part of the movie <laughs> well there, there are two songs that really resonate with me one is i love the song uh, in the meantime by space hog and that's the one where they're play they're actually jumping in those pac-man color suits out uh, in the, i'm like i really love that song and that scene was just you know obviously it's in space so they're just floating around so they don't need dialogue so i think that was great I, that was a really important and then again star lord turns his off by hitting the wrong button because blue is yellow yellow was you know, red, red was orange, you know, yeah. all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, the at the end, obviously, where Rocket's asking um, the Guardians of the Galaxy what their favorite songs were. And he's like, I got a special mm-hmm. one. And it's Redbone, Come and Get Your Love, which is from the first movie, obviously. Yeah. So uh, that, that was yeah. a great throwback. Yeah, great callback. Uh, my wife was particularly infatuated with the Flaming Lips song, Do You Realize? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what scene that was. That was whenever um, Drax is coming up to do the metaphor. Because uh, that one probably, I think, annoyed me the most because its, it's use was, was very weird. Because they're, they're doing the, the ship the from the first floor to the second floor outside of the ship. And Drax is coming mm-hmm. up to talk to Peter. So he has to take his earbuds out to, to do it. And it was just like, it was very loud. But like, I get, I understand it's not my song. So I get it. Like, that was the scene it was used for when they're flying to counter Earth, if you will. For that gotcha um, uh, but we, we we've brought up the uh, the orgo corp uh, uh, yeah. scenario, uh, uh, scene a couple of times and I I just I love that part of the movie because it was such a, a unique and clever yes. just visual aesthetic and design it was like okay we want to sneak into like this facility you know the easiest the easiest thing to do right is you build some sort of like death star situation you build some sort of like just the just like mechanical you know just yeah. hallways corridors just very spaceship futuristic right like no we're gonna go the totally opposite direction yeah. everything's organic and fleshy and it was just it was so unique it was so fun to look at uh seeing like the the sentries and those weird kind it, of like tardigrade looking suits was yeah like, and, and everything you had to put your hand in yellow goo to do everything yeah. in the ship 
Um, it was just it was just so unique. It really makes that part of the movie like just visually stand out, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about the movie and the different set pieces that exist in it, I go like, oh yeah, you have like the the Orgo Corp scene, and then after that we go to Counter Earth, you know, yep. and then after Counter Earth, like we're going inside of like uh, the the big spaceship that's escaped from yeah. it. So like it's, you can really kind of see the different set pieces uh, yeah. visually um, identified. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Oreo Corp scenes is also where, um, again, part of my notes here, most of the cameos appear in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you have literally Nathan Fillion finally, finally becoming a face in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's been in every James Gunn movie, um, all three of them so far. So he actually becomes one of the Oreo Corp centuries and has a lot of dialogue where they talk mm-hmm. about, um, he literally just like, I had this guy's an idiot, right? And he's like, he's like just fucking with him the whole time like his like i guess second commander or whatever was on the squad was pretty funny um and then you know we get you know james gunn um it's his wife i can't think of her name she's in peacemaker uh she's she's doing the speaker thing and then the uh the girl uda who um peter tries to win over with uh that's um daniela melchior who played rat catcher in Suicide Squad. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and and uh, so you know, and then I'm, there's some more later. But I, you know, th- there was a lot of cameos. There's a lot of action. This was. I had some of the fun scenes where Romantis used her powers, like you know, like you feel like dancing or like violent rage or kind of things like that. Mm. I thought it was really cool. I also really thought they were going to kill Drax in this scene because Dave Batista was like, "Yeah, they're going to kill me off in this movie. Like, I want to die." They didn't kill him. They did not kill him whatsoever. He lied to us. But I thought they were going to kill him because he took like three of like those really really hard blasts to the chest too. And this, so I'm like, yeah. Once once he survived kind of that encounter, I was like, okay, he's not he's not going out in this movie. Yeah. Like because they 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 kept him pretty much the comedic relief through the film. And I'm not saying that's a, a bad decision. I enjoyed it. But I was like, oh, once they're taking this angle, I know he's safe. Yeah. He's not going to yeah. die. It, I, I think really really it was all eyes on kind of rocket. Right. Just like I know that I know that they'll save him and he'll come yeah. back you know for like a final fight but will he survive that final yeah fight, you know? and I, I honestly once they brought him back i was just fine it was, it was to me it was peter and nebula right i think had the most like chances to be killed off um uh-huh. because like at one point the ship the 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 cube is blowing up and, and nebula's like piloting the ship and i thought she was gonna sacrifice herself to keep the ship piloted right at, at one point there but no she made it out and peter froze himself in the thing um um, I was gonna. I was. I forget where I was gonna go. Uh, Orgo counter counter Earth was interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 I would say like just speaking of new things in general, probably the biggest new addition to this Guardians movie would be Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, he's yeah, kind of like yeah, he's like the newest character addition, which ends up sticking around at the end of the movie. He seems to be part of the Guardians now at the yep. very end. Interesting take on the character, right? You know, I would say where we last left off with the mystique of this character was like, oh, this is going to be kind of like a real, just kind of like maybe uh, uh, militant, like very just straightforward, like, robot in a way almost of like you are like this perfect creature that is being made by perfect creatures uh uh dripped in gold right and then we kind of get end up getting this quirky goofy kind of like teenage imbecile in a way right yeah well i think that that was interesting you know they did set up like i think it was fun to know that the um golden people were made by the high evolutionary he's like you're just a you know beautiful numbskulls is what he called them Mm -hmm. really and you know adam was supposed to be you know he's the only one with powers he was the chosen one, but they took him out too early. And he's like, no, you're already flawed anyway. So none of this was going to work. But, you know, Adam, I think is Will Poulter plays a pretty interesting Adam, right? Someone who's 
getting, I guess, learning emotions the first time through some of this movie. Even it's like a, he's like what a B plot, I guess overall he'd be like a, a mm. B plot to this. Um, I, I still think he was he was fun at times, but you know, I, I overall, if you were looking for an Adam Warlock movie, he's wasted right in in this. But I think there's potentiality for him. Um, going out of Guardians, uh, three going forward with that. Um, the other thing I would say, um. Yeah, in terms of new new characters, obviously the Lila, Teef, and Teefs and Floor, right? The the three. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, the the emotional heart. Jesus there ever was one. I mean, yeah. I mean, and like you knew what was gonna happen too. If you've if you've watched enough movies, if you've seen enough TV shows, you're just like, all right, the characters from his past that we've never seen before. They're all getting very very buddy buddy in these yeah. cages. I, I, there's a reason we haven't seen them and Rocket's never brought them up before. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they grow with it. Like, you know, you know, we get to see Rocket, you know, kind of evolve or grow up in this, in the, in these cages with these. And, you know, obviously they're very creepy. Teefs reminds me of, um, a trans metal rat trap from Beast Wars. If I'm going to be honest. He's a walrus <laughs> with wheels. Lila is an otter with metal arms, um, and then Teefs is a rabbit who was turned into like a metal spider, really, at the Ooh. end of it. And um, uh, Lila was voiced by the actress who plays Hawkeye's wife, Linda Cardellini, mm-hmm. um, by the way, for, for people who didn't know. The other two, I don't really know. But um, yeah, just emotional heartbreak to, to have them all kind of gunned down in this and Rocket make it out. But it was fun to see him uh, literally tear up the dude's face uh, in, in the, oh, yeah. at the end of that. Very- yeah, very satisfying because the the high high evolutionary comes off as this just this god. He literally says he is a god of these people, yeah. and he's so detached from just like humanity or life in a way that it yeah. doesn't matter. It's all extinguishable. Yeah. You know, he'll destroy anything that kind of gets in his way for his search for the perfect society. So yeah. it does make him pretty terrifying, right? Cause you can't reason with somebody like that. You just, you have to have something to offer, which I thought was an interesting way to kind of get the story going. Right. Yeah. You know, I feel like with the guardians movies, maybe more than anything else is when the movies start, you don't really know what's going to be the spark that kind of ignites the specific journey out there. Right. Right. Um, so when it comes to this film, it's like, Oh, rocket, he's, he's the, mm-hmm. the secret, right? He, he has the brain power that he's never had before. Uh, but why does the high evolutionary need him now? Suddenly out of nowhere, yeah. it's like, well, he's at his wits end. He's tried to create all of these societies. He's thought he was yeah. close and never ends up working. So now he needs that brain. And, well, back. and he also so did like, okay, well, he, he also said he didn't know he was alive kind of thing. So like, Oh yeah. There was that one offline of where the, um, he's like the high, the, uh, golden people. What were, what are they called again? Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't remember. what. They're yeah. Called. I don't remember what they're called, but they just happen. I guess they happen to just mention it, mention yeah. it in the conversation. Yeah. It's like, you didn't tell me he's like, well, obviously it's been 10 years since guardians two in this world. Right. Cause there was a five year blip and then guardians two took place in 2014. So it's like, well, it's been 10 years. So it's whatever. But yeah, he literally takes out his own command center and his like, own team because they're like look you're very hyper fixated on getting this 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 specific character and, and, and his brain really so it's you know we got to focus on this i did like some of the the weird creatures he created like the other animals like there was a um the hat the the pig war pig the half pig robots like they're the army creatures were very much grotesque looking and like how they I, were i would 
Yeah, I mean, I would say I would agree in a sense of I liked visually how they looked. You know, they were creepy. They were odd looking. It was just this mashup of like machine and animal. And it was super creepy. I mean, the war pig had like red eyes and like, I don't know, like I feel like maybe I remember seeing a chainsaw, but maybe there wasn't a chainsaw. I don't know. Maybe I'm just attributing that to it. It's like mix a mech warrior with an animal of your picking and that's what they look like. But but to me personally, they did feel a little out of place to me. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like these were kind of characters maybe ripped from another movie and put in here. I don't know. I guess I just kind of thought of the uh, high evolutionary as maybe somebody that would have maybe slightly more finesse with, like, creatures that are kind of his, like, uh, emissaries, mm-hmm. like his his uh, his battle, his first line of defense. I thought they maybe would be a little bit more polished than, like, a, a pig thrown in a blender with, like, some yeah. Erector set. Uh, but they still they still looked cool. I, I just kind I wish I got more of the Orgo Corp, yeah. like just kind of like uh, cool visual design well, uh, th- out of it. But honestly, like like you're saying, it's just like a nitpick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. To me, I think they're they're fine because you need that grotesque. Like you know, you don't want to root for something that's visually appeal or root against something that's visually appealing, right? So like, mm-hmm. I see why they went with the grotesque. And there's like the one creature. Who's like a? I want to say it was like man bear pig because he was like an octopus and a bear and something mm-hmm. else. Um, you know all these half machine, half half animals. So yeah, no origin form, but they were they're pretty disgusting to look at. Um, we get a return. Uh, I'm going to talk about some cool abilities. Like they really amped up. Rocket and Nebula were the only two surviving members of this team through the blip, if you remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And they um had some you know i really like nebula's new arm that like does everything like has a blaster suction cup everything i'm like oh she's got a really cool arm it's got that nice nanotech look to it thought that was cool but groot hiding the guns in his body and then whipping them out to like like do a like a showdown with everybody that was pretty cool like groot really mm-hmm. he had a kaiju moment right he's like Groot, go full kaiju and then he grew big he could um, become a head with his little tentacles and walk around. Like they really beefed up Groot quite a bit in this movie, uh, uh, several and ways it was, too. And it was really cool also to see Groot at the very end of the movie in the post-credit yeah. scene. Yeah. To see like, oh, what does Groot grow into if you kind of give him time, right? If yeah. he doesn't get like decimated by some sort of huge attack and regrow mm-hmm. himself. And so that was a really cool look. And that design is King Groot from the comic books, the original Groot design. Uh, so uh, that so they lean into that a little bit. So that was fun. And then, you know, um, he had wings at one point. And, you know, he was able to use his mm-hmm. wings. Like Groot really you know, came into his own there. Not rather than just using tree tentacles, he was doing a lot more overall. Um, he like when he was doing that scene with Peter where they had all the guns and he had like 10 guns, he was creating branches, shields around Peter. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. They were taking blasts. So th- I think, you know, that was really cool to see that um, for, for, yeah. for Groot. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're on Groot, yes. now, should we, should we go to his kind of like a big, his big moment into the film? I would big moment. And I'm going to tell you exactly what it means. So go ahead and tell, tell him what, tell him what we, we got. Yeah. We finally see Groot at the end around all of his friends just before they kind of finally split off and go their own ways where we finally get to hear Vin Diesel say something else Yeah. where he says, uh, I, what is it? Just, I, I love, love you guys. guys. Yeah. Yeah. And notice nobody acts surprised at that. In there, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, James Gunn has said that the 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 idea of this is that now at the end of the trilogy we understand Groot because Gamora was like she didn't understand him until the end, and then she mm-hmm. she understood. So like the idea is like now we understand Groot, you know, after growing with him for for these movies. So I think that's a fun little addition, right? Yeah. Uh, and he didn't say anything at the end credits either, which I thought was um 
you know, a, a good good way to not like confirm or deny it either way if they wanted to. But like the big Groot was pretty pretty hella cool looking because I was like, where is Groot in this this scene? And he's the rock they're all sitting on. I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it does make you wonder, right? You know, uh, if we get to see more of the Guardians in the future, which you know we can talk about the next post-credit scene as well, right? Yep. You know, is Groot finally going to be fully voiced, right? Or maybe they'll do something like you know clever, where you know if Groot's in a scene with a character that doesn't know him very well, he'll say "I am Groot," but mm. you know if you're in a scene with him and characters, you know, you get to hear like Vin Diesel actually yeah, yeah. Uh, speak a line, which would be uh, pretty interesting. Absolutely, but, yeah, yeah. They could go either way with that. I'd, I'd be happy, right? Subtitle. The- subtitles that we see but nobody like that person doesn't understand yeah. they don't know who he is yeah so i, I feel like maybe i could use this moment because we're going to talk about maybe the, the second post-credit scene where i have to say if i if i really had to ding this movie critically something like far beyond a nitpick it would just be like we're trying to wrap up a lot of story arcs with a lot of different characters and introduce other new characters and i feel like the only one that really feels fully formed to me is rocket Mm -hmm. right we finally get to see him deal with his past go through this emotional journey have the closure of just uh deciding he is a guardian of the galaxy he's not going to be somebody that just kills somebody in cold blood he saves all of these animals which was incredible like the most emotional moment to me uh when mm-hmm. he said uh, we're we have to like I don't remember yeah. exactly what he says but it's like Sa- we have, we have to, to save them, them all too. yeah yeah and i was like oh that's that's the moment that that got me i'm I'm sure there's other there's other emotional parts in this movie that i'm sure was making people cry but like like that moment where Mm -hmm. he was at that feeling of just vulnerability and also he had to kind of like how am i also going to convince my friends that these people mean that these animals mean something as well so that was the moment for me that was super emotional so rocket's whole arc i think is just perfect right and he's not even in in the whole movie for the most part you know he's uh, comatose and and doing flashbacks but yeah in his story if you look at all three movies he was about being a loner being a rebel right with with Mm. with groot albeit but like hey i'm doing things for me not anybody else like you know there's a big scene where they they get drunk and fight in the first one about it right uh he's like whenever this is all over i'm leaving on my own and now he is the captain he is the leader that everyone's looking up to to hold that family together so yeah Absolutely. But I would say kind of like Peter's emotional arc and then Mantis as well. Really, you kind of got to you kind of got to look for it. Right. And you kind of got to explain it to yourself um, in a way that kind of makes it feel better than what you ended up getting. Right. Because Peter starts, I would say, from a pretty vulnerable perspective, just like the love of his life has died. And he can't even get over it because she's still there and doesn't even remember him, right? It's almost mm-hmm. just like flashing the memory of like somebody that you love, and he still has to put up with it. He still has to. He keeps coming across her in, in the galaxy, right? That's really, really rough. But then it also kind of gets derailed. It kind of gets uh, derailed, and they try to pivot him towards like, oh, he never got closure with his grandpa. So actually, no, that's at, that's actually the direction we want to take him at the end of the movie. And then uh, I think probably the biggest sin is at the very, very end where Mantis gets like a, a short little like monologue of just, oh, I've never got to experience life on my own. I'm not saying I disagree with her, but it, like, oh, all of a sudden now Mantis has to go through an emotional journey when she's never really brought it up before. She has to go off on her own. It just kind well, of felt like, oh, it, we just need to get her out of the Guardians some way well, so we can get this new configuration. I, I think by you saying that she had an emotional journey, she had no emotional journey. She's left. I think I think it's fine to say I want to go on a journey is fine. I, I, I disagree saying they didn't put her through anything. She's like, 
like, I want to go. Like, I want to go do something else. And that's fine. Because that's the one thing, you know, related to Guardians Holiday Special they brought up is, like, again, Peter and um, uh, Mantis are brother and sister. You know, right? Like, you know, they had, they had the show The Father. You, but, like... Yeah. But in you the... You almost co- would have expected Mantis, like, to follow Peter. Or at least maybe no. secretly, right? She could have, like, kind of been, like following his yeah. trail to keep him safe or something well i don't think so i think put her out because you know again this is no one else should know this and it shouldn't be well here in the comic books um mantis is this the cosmic they call it like the cosmic madonna really if you will like she has the ability like there, there's some future event where she is going to be relevant to this and i think her, in her state in from james guns that mantis she is again comedic relief, right? She has nothing else mm-hmm. other than being a uh, comedic foil with Drax. Like her and Drax are like not really, not really serious members. Like they get on the bike and ride off, and Drax doesn't like, like you know, on on Counter Earth. I'm like, why, why did you do this? Like you're both idiots. Like this is, mm-hmm. you're you're not really contributing to the team by doing things your own way. At the end of the day, so I think by taking her out, they can, like maybe she goes, and she comes back and she is more you know, like, aware of what she can do rather than relying on, like, hey, I'm just going to argue with Drax and everybody about this because, you know, she's essentially a lar- a full-grown child in the James Gunn versions. Now, I would say on the other end, you know, I, I understand Peter saying, but-, but at the end of this movie, even if they don't completely wrap up Star-Lord, he is the only one who gets the-, the text at the end of this, right? There is no, the Guardians of the Galaxy will return. That is not said. Is Peter Quill, the legendary Star-Lord, will return. So I'm like, what is next for him? Like, I like yeah. that is my question. Like, is it going to be a a Star Lord solo movie next that we get? It seems it seems like a Disney Plus series to me, honestly. Of him on Earth, kind of doing the fish out of water thing, like readjusting to humanity. I don't know yeah. what the overall goal of the story is. Like, do we make it just kind of more slapsticky? Because like, what big you know, villain is going to come across his Disney Plus series. I don't really know. I'm kind of interested. I, I was kind of digging the vibe a little bit. It was kind of an yeah. awkward post credit scene because yeah. we were just kind of getting like a snippet of him eating cereal with his, uh, grandpa. With his grandpa. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I am kind of curious. Like, yeah, why isn't that 45 year old man uh, mowing his own lawn yeah. and Peter has to go do it? So I, I, I was intrigued. I thought it was kind of silly and yeah, and, and funny in a way. I could, I could even say, even if they don't do a Disney Plus series, I, th- I don't think that's, that's warranted for, for character one-offs. I think even if they did a movie, there's, there's like you mentioned at the start of the show, there's something to be said for, done with him on earth right like he has never been around earth society he hasn't been around it since he was eight years old right um i so, guess so him adjustment a... but he is also very powerful and very well versed in fighting and stuff for for being just a normal person in, in i guess suburb. it could also be a feature special feature presentation right they seem to be yeah. kind of leaving those to define like a new character introductions but you know they could st- you know, reinvent it and go in a different way with just like a one-off of Peter, because you know Chris Pratt is a pretty uh, is a pretty uh, high commodity now out there in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So you know, could you get him strapped down for a Disney Plus series? Well, maybe because I mean, sometimes they're only like six episodes, so he yeah. might be able to film it all in in the time span of like you know a short film or something like that. Uh, but 
uh, Zoe Saldana has been out there saying that she won't be returning to the role of Gamora. I, I don't believe and, a single one of these actors, but go, <laughs> they go on. Yeah, you, you know, actors always say you can't even trust them when they say they're going to retire, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, but I, I felt like her character was an interesting send-off, right? Because really, the ultimate send-off of Gamora was her tragic death by the hands of her father, yeah. right? Um, that was really her death. This Gamora is just this alternate version that was more of something that Peter had to learn to let go to maybe finally yeah. wrap up his grief in a way. So seeing her in the movie kind of around the Ravengers and actually they were her family, right? We just yeah. didn't get to see that kind of side of it. I was okay with that. Yeah, I think so. so I think I think she played the character very differently, right? More like Guardians mm -hmm. 1 early Gamora who was more, I wouldn't say mean, but just like, look, I don't want to do any of this stuff. Um, so I, I, yeah, I did, I did appreciate the actual, like, Hey, we didn't try to catch up Gamora and make her the same one at the end of this movie as we saw last time. Um, so that, I, I agree that that was a great thing. Um, you know, Nebula and, and Drax really, I think, you know, Drax embracing becoming a dad again was interesting, right? That's a good story arc for him. Um, at the end of this, not just being, you know, muscle and, and fighting like when we met him versus that now really good. It's, it was great that he could understand the kids, um, for that. And um, Nebula, like you know, becoming literally one of the world's, or, or I guess, galaxy's sa assassins and becoming, like, the leader of nowhere, which also got a really cool moment when its eye became a gun. Um, and yeah. once it came out of the warp pipe and they were like, yeah, well, we're just going to shoot you with the eye here. Um, I thought I thought that was a really, really fun moment. So they're, they're, these characters are, none of these characters, I think, are written out completely, right? But they could, ne mm -hmm. they, you don't definitely have to, I would say reference them again if you didn't want to, or like you could one line it like, oh, Gamora, she's still out with the Ravagers somewhere. Yeah. Something. Well, also we we know that we're approaching a larger kind of uh, secret wars battle planet, something going forward, and there's no way the Guardians aren't invited to the party in some aspect, right? You know, yeah, yeah I could see some of the Guardians not being there, but yeah, it's hard to believe that we might get a little bit of Peter and some sort of you know, series or special presentation. And then that's it. You know, yep. like I, I, I would say, and that comes back around to like, we, we get some emotional wrap up of some characters, but it really does not feel like we've done like a yeah. finale of a trilogy. It just kind of feels like we're, we're more of like closing a chapter the, more than anything else. Yeah, exactly. Right. Nobody died. Everyone, the, the status quo was changed and everyone's in a different place, but like nothing, nothing is definitive right like you know they all didn't sacrifice this isn't the end of rogue one right where everyone sacrificed themselves to 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 get this data to a new hope and start another set of characters like this is like hey we've moved the chess pieces around the board now the next players get to come in and move them because i don't think james gunn will come back to marvel if i'm gonna be honest i think he's if he does it might be what 10 years maybe like we said earlier like it's not gonna be yeah. until they he removes himself from DC because he's either done well or it did not do well. One one of yeah, the two. Yeah, I mean, it I mean, Kevin Feige's been you know running Marvel for what fifteen plus years now, something like that. So if 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 yeah. things go well for Peter and Gunn, it could be they could be there just as long. Yeah. I would say talking about DC though, one thing that I've seen people out there worried about when it comes to Gunn is is he going to be able to tackle something more. 
uh, stoic and and regal like a Superman movie, right? And mm-hmm. I, I feel like this movie proves more than anything that he knows how to hit those emotional beats. Yeah. You know, we do have the uh, the emotional loss of Yondu in the second film, yeah. uh, right? And, you know, a little bit of Peter losing his mom in the first film, but, man, he really cranks it up yeah. in, this, in this third one. And, like, I feel like a Gunn is doing a lot better job than Taika is of showing that he has range and the ability to tell different types of stories maybe in a slightly different angle where Taika seems to be just really leaning into the comedy the more and more you get into him you go further back you can find some more emotionally uh, uh, relevant things in his career but yeah sometimes I feel like maybe the 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 paths cross well I think I think it's also different is you know Gunn has again like we said did all three movies right the Spider-Man trilogy for Marvel was really good right very emotional sent off on the end of it as well with No Way Home like Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think yeah, and Ant Man not so much, but you know those are very three tonally different films, like the first two versus the third, very weird movies. But I think you know if you let someone have their voice and their way and work through these movies, you're gonna get something you know from start to finish. You're gonna get something good. But I I don't blame Taika for for him for picking up Thor and having to save Thor from Thor two, right? Like I, I'm like I don't blame you for that. And Thor four is like you're trying to figure out where to go in this wonky world, but um. I will say, let's go back, if we can't, the end of this, so if there is a Guardians of the Galaxy 4, or whatever they want to call it, right, the next, maybe, you know, um, Annihilators, they have a bunch of different names in, in the comic books. Um, the the team of Rocket and Groot uh, now sees the additions of Adam Warlock. Um, Kraglin was there. He's, he's learned how to use his whistle arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Cosmo was there because... Cosmos, a psychic dog who is is awesome. It was a good dog, by the way, Mike. Whether you think <laughs> that or not. Then we get the introduction of Phyla now, um, which is one of the the girls that they saved from the ship. Now, do you know why this character is very important and on the team all of a sudden? Uh, I don't know why, and I knew that you would tell me. Yes, so that's why I waited until today to, to to look into it. So that character in the comic books is called Phyla Vell. Phyla Vell is the daughter of uh, Genus Vell, who was the original Captain Marvel in the comic books. So oh. she is a daughter of comic book Captain Marvel and becomes Captain Marvel. So she actually has um, the the ability to you know use energy and blast and stuff like that. Now, obviously the comic books and the movies are way different, right? They've set themselves up very, very different. But, like, you, by taking this character forward, they're able to use, um, I wouldn't say Captain Marvel, but, you know, Phyla Vell going forward as a as an extra-powered person in this world, if you will. Mm-hmm. And she has, you know, she has worked with um, the Guardians and other people as well in the comic books. So um, I, I, there, there's a, there's a storyline called Annihilation in the comic books. It was, it's... A cosmic story where Annihilus, um, the king of the negative zone, creates what's called an annihilation wave and like takes over the cosmic, you know, where it just just like ravages it with this army of like bug-like creatures. And if they go that route going forward, I would be very very thrilled. But if they need an extra powered person on the Guardians who's just doing stuff in the background, they now have one, right, kind of thing. Oh. So, um, yeah, it was it was very interesting to to see a. Uh, quote-unquote Phylavel uh, reveal very early in this movie it just being like one of the girls from the I guess the the high evolutionaries new race of people kind of going forward mm-hmm. so very very interesting um 
we're coming up like on an hour here, but we're coming up on an hour of this <laughs> review. I, I just think, you know, it's essentially because you can't just review this movie, right? You have to review the whole Guardians arcs of everything. And at the end of the day, um, you know, seeing this movie twice and, and really getting the second time, like I would say it's just as emotional, just as effective as the first time. And that is an awesome feeling, right? So if anyone has any hesitations about seeing this the second time, I would say go for it. Like literally, like if you want to do it, do it because you are going to get the same emotional beats. Um, just as much when I saw it on Thursday night, there were literally people sobbing and bawling <laughs> in the theater. Like, as I said earlier, like um, around the parts where like, um, you know, the, the animals were, were, were dying and like, you know, it's just very emotional very early on. Uh, like the, like rockets first word is, the word hurts and you're like, God mm-hmm. damn right in the fucking feels, man. Uh-huh. Like, are you like, Oh my God, like this character, really? You're going to do this to us. Okay. Then let's, let's buckle up. So, um, yeah, overall, I think, I think this is just a great movie and I can't wait to bring it home. And, um, I'm not, well, I'm not going to buy the guardians of the galaxy, like box set of all three movies and special editions. I will be looking forward to revisiting these characters in this trilogy plus that's what i'll call trilogy plus um over time if you will right i think i think it's really done done a really really good job overall um oh we didn't talk about it that fight scene in the hallway to no sleep till brooklyn the long shot oh that was great i mean that was a a fantastic song a lot of brutal action in there really cool to see that Mm -hmm. i think um there was another um movie i will talk about it i've seen it before but I, i watched it again today that had a really long shot that was cool so i i love the addition of these action-filled long shots in movies these days, Mike. Um, I think it's really yeah, cool. And it, I, I feel like it, it worked really well because the Guardians were finally reunited, ready to go at it. They were all unified. And this was kind of Rocket's first, like, unofficial kind of maneuver as Captain of Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, you know, he, he was, was the back. leading the line. Yeah. yeah. And there's, like, yeah, great kind of just, like, slow-mo snapshot of him, like, flying through the air with his, like, blasters. It, it was just, it was great. And he's laughing because he's having such a good time, like, doing all this mm-hmm. stuff. Every character got a highlight, right? Everyone got a little bit of action scenes. Um, and it's probably the best hallway fight scene in Marvel. Daredevil, you can you can take that to the <laughs> bank. This is better than any Daredevil hallway fight scene you had. So, um, absolutely great time, Mike. I, 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 just, I just loved it so much. I'm glad we get to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I don't really have any sort of official uh, rankings or orders when it comes to Marvel movies. I feel like the best that I can do is kind of put them either in a a top, mid, or lower tier. And this one definitely lands in a top tier for me, right? Uh, I I think it deserves its place up there with some of the other great uh, Marvel films. Uh, And it's very emotionally affecting, which you don't always get with a lot of Marvel stuff. Um, But yeah, yeah, great time. Awesome. Uh, Looking forward to going forward with the next uh, Marvel uh, tidbit, which would be Captain? The 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 Marvels in November, yeah, will be it. Um, Well, Secret Invasion, if you will, uh, this Mm -hmm. this summer, and then Loki sometime, and then the Marvels. I would also say, you know... um, this might we're gonna see us you know this is part of our news weekly news and you guys should always come back and hopefully you're subscribed and listen to our weekly news episode we are going to see a slowdown in marvel releases because bob Iger is back at the helm right like he wants quality over quantity so mm-hmm. hopefully we, st- we we have some slowed down stuff but maybe by san diego we'll get an announcement about a follow-up here whether it's you, know, you mentioned a disney plus show a special presentation or even uh, a star lord movie if you will or an annihilators mm-hmm. movie so um, we'll let you guys know. Check back every week. We'll do that. But if people want to know what you're doing, what you're up to, Mike, where can they get you at? 
Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you could read my brand new webcomic series, Life Rewards Risk, at Life Rewards Risk or liferewardsrisk.com. Uh, Chris, people want to check you out. Where can they find you? Mm, you can find me on Instagram, Valdan87. You can message me on Twitter, but I'm not using Twitter as much because that place is a cesspool, uh, <laughs> if you will. Um, uh, also, you know, any video game things, you know, it's Valdan, Valdan, you see one of the two. Uh, but every week we're, we're here doing the show and people listen to our show every week. Where can they find that information at? Oh, all you got to do is head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find our hidden file at OrgoCorp, SuperheroSlate.com. Uh, you can get us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. We love it when you reach out. Uh, let us know what you thought about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend and share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.